Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. What's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 103 of Marty's Illegal Stick, brought to you by the Sports History Network. I'm your host, Scott Kinville, and guys, I can't believe it, but the season is over. Can Good you ex- can, can you? Yeah, I know, right? It, it just it almost feels like this that you can take a breath again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole I, I love hockey, but sometimes when it drags into June like that, and especially when you get to the finals and you just don't care about either team. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, so what? Uh, uh, we're going to go over that. And uh, before we get going with that, I want to make sure everybody who's listening knows who our co-hosts are, because these are the guys that stir the drink on this show. They really are. First off, I miss getting 10 days off for a cold. Well, you're in the wrong season for that, pal. But it's even still, it's Ed Stefaniak. What's going on, pal? Oh, nothing much. I just, I'm just starting to miss being laid off again. I had so much free time. <laughs> So much money, so much free time. It was right. It was well, maybe, well, then there you go. Your next step is to try to get fired. <laughs> I've been trying for five years. <laughs> they won't do it. Well, see that you're such a valuable employee. They just can't let you go. That's all there is to it. <laughs> oh, man. And our other co-host, he's uh, he's just come back to us. He, he's been out traveling for a little bit, enjoying some concerts. He's the one. He's the only. Chris Mazzotti. What's up, pal? Hey, man. Yeah, I was uh, up in Saratoga Springs for two days of Dead and Company, final tour, and uh, ran into a bunch of hockey fans since I wore my Rangers hat, as I usually do, and uh, a lot of talk about, like, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ran into a nice Bruins fan parked right next to us, and uh, I was, like, bragging about how great his team did, and then I told him, and then you lost to the eighth place Florida Panthers in the first round. He goes, yeah, that hurt. <laughs> he, had, he had nothing else to say about it. He was just like, yeah. Yeah, then he, he was looked, like, you know, I was going to buy you a beer and I'll forget he, it. He, he looked like somebody who lost a child. He was just like, yeah. That, that hurt. That yeah. hurt. Uh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Well, you know what, though? The team that beat them, the Florida Panthers, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final uh, where they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, four games to one. Um, I got to be 100% candid with you guys. I really didn't get into this series too much. Um, you know, it was what it was. You mean you I didn't want to watch a 7-2 to two hockey game? Like... Well, 
you know, here's the thing. I had this feeling, and, and we talked about this last show, that that long layoff was going to really, really hurt Florida, and it was only too obvious. I mean, where were they off? Ten days? I mean, yeah. granted, you know, that was going to happen when you sweep your opponent and the other team goes six games in their series. But then the NHL turned around after Vegas beats Dallas in game six and decides to wait five days to start the finals up. And at that point, any momentum that Florida had, gone. Forget about it. And I'm not saying that as an excuse, but I'm just saying that anybody who, who plays any kind of sports knows once you're out of your rhythm like that, it's going to be a really tough road. And uh, frankly, I'm not surprised that Vegas did what they did. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that series? I just think that uh, the NHL, they they seem to go out of their way to screw things up. <laughs> and having that layoff and then having two days in between for travel, like I don't remember LA New York getting two days. No. Like I, I don't remember that at all. And those games are going to overtime every game. Like so it, it was just I, I watched, you know, I watched game one. I was like, okay, you know, Vegas, you know seemed to have the edge. And I'm like, you know, Florida, Florida's gonna pick it up. They, you know, they they've been they've been down before in all these series and they, they pick it up, you know, but I think you're right. I think the layoff, the two days in between games, you're giving the other, you know, both teams are getting time to heal up. Uh, except for apparently uh Matt Chuck who Oof. ruptured his femur. No, he broke his sternum. Broke sternum, his sternum, sternum. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they're like, maybe game seven. I'm like, maybe game seven. Like, that's why the Department of Player Safety is a joke. Because why are we having these guys play hurt in the playoffs? Like, you can't tell me all year it's, it's about safety. And then the second the playoffs happen, it's like, well, this guy was playing with a broken ankle. This guy was playing, you know, like, like what are we doing, guys? Like, you know, this is the reason you have farm systems, you know? And I don't care if it ends up being – seven guys from the AHL playing on the, in the Stanley cup final. Like, I don't think these guys should be allowed to play that hurt. Like it's, it's pretty crazy because you hear it all the time. The coach will say, well, any other time of the year, he'd be out like, right. well, that's for safety. So why is he not out now for safety? Like, <laughs> like, you know, right. um, it's but it wasn't a very compelling series to watch. TNT's coverage is fine, but like starting games at eight o'clock and I, like I don't know, there was like a there was a chance to have like one of them in the afternoon and they didn't. And I was just like, why didn't they put that Sunday game on at like four or something or three? Like you know, like I don't know. It it just it just seemed like the scheduling screwed everything up. If there was anyone like if you're a hockey fan or if you just became a hockey fan this playoffs and you caught wind on the Florida Panthers or something like that, or, or even Vegas, you were a fan of one of these teams that you're like, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. By the time the cup final came around, are you even sure like when it's going on, when it's right. happening, what channel it's on? Like, sorry, TNT does not get as many subscribers as ESPN. Like TNT is not on every service at all. It's not on FUBU, which a lot of people right. use. Like, and, uh, and you saw the ratings were terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, the ratings I mean, are down like over 2 million points of viewers or something. 43, 43%. Yeah. 
And you're right about the, the TNT thing, but the sad part is, is that TNT's coverage was so much better. Yeah, and I'm just except for Biz and that, I'll agree. Right. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to be right, but <laughs> but overall, I mean, TNT's coverage blew ESPN's out of the water. I'm sorry. They they have so much more personality. I mean, ESPN is just you know you might as well be listening to just idiots talk because it's it's they're, they're such a joke on ESPN. They have. have Ninety percent of that network doesn't care about hockey. Like just listening to Stephen A. Smith, I don't know anything about hockey besides the black, the puck is black. That's all he knows. I, I fully believe him. Yeah. So uh, either either ESPN steps up their game and has the TNT broadcast on ESPN because they're owned by the same company, well, or I believe they're owned by Disney. And they no, don't I'm even keep. Sure. They don't even keep the hockey or the NHL logo in the same spot on the goddamn app. Like, <laughs> it's like... Changes every day. Every time it's in a different spot. Sometimes it's behind, like, bull riding. And it's like, right. how are you guys pushing this product if all you do is, oh, well, today we're going to make it the sixth thing to pick on sports. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be the 12th. Then it's going to be the 18th. Uh, right behind the uh, high school girls field hockey, you know, like, and then there's ice hockey. Oh, there it is. Oh, NHL. Great. Like, then why, yeah. do, you know, it's a and, and is their broadcast? I don't think their broadcast is bad. I think they gave up on some things that they shouldn't have too early. Like they did this thing when they first started called sounds of the game where the announcer stopped talking for like a minute or two and just right. let you hear what's on the ice. That was awesome. And they gave it like two games and got rid of it. And I was like, what? Like, like, oh, somebody complained. They thought their sound was, they thought something was broke. Good. Let them think that. You got the thing in the corner saying sounds of the game. If they can't read, that's their problem. Like, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. Like, you know, like that was good. Their hosts are bad. I don't think anybody likes uh, uh, the guy who does the announcing. Uh, Steve, I think it's Steve. Not not Booch and Grass doesn't bother me. It's the you, other guy. Studio host? N- the in-game commentary guy they give to like, oh, the Oh, yeah, 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 all yeah. Right. Yeah, all right. he ain't great at all. No. Uh, they could use a better host. They already got rid of Chelios. Messier is fine. Like, Messier is just as good as Lundquist on giving, like, you know, insight or Gretzky, you know? Well, like, you know what the best part about Messier is? Is you can tell when he's irritated, he just doesn't hide it. No, that's what's great. Yes, that they is what's great about it. When somebody says something stupid and he's like, I don't agree with that at all. Like, yes. good. Like, that's good because we need somebody who actually knows hockey to be sitting there. Chris Chelios yeah. actually knows hockey, but he's probably drunk. And, <laughs> or, you know, and that's probably why they got rid of him. Because <laughs> from reading Sean Avery's book, I don't think Chris Chelios has been sober for a minute for 40 years. I, I could be wrong about that, but. Chelly, uh, Avery's book pretty well dictates how much Chelios drinks, and yeah, it's a lot. What, if he could drink, make Wade Boggs look like a sober career. person. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that much? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're talking. You're talking drinking going into practice, practicing a full hard great practice, and then puking your guts out after practice and going back to drinking, like Chris Chelios, who played. Forever could probably still be playing. He's so fit, like yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I the beer. 
<laughs> they, they really do need to like get more hockey personalities. Like I'm sick of ES. Like you, you watch ESPN itself. Like you watch Sports Center. They don't know. They don't. They don't cover it. No, they don't. And that's you know what? That's really irritating. And I was going to say that earlier. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Ed, because when ESPN got the NHL back, I thought it was going to be you know right even with the NBA coverage on on Sports Center, right? Nope. And then you turn on Sports Center in the morning, and it's still like 45 minutes of the NBA, maybe five to ten minutes of the NHL, and then they talk about something else. Yeah, and then they talk like then they in between then they put like competitive dog shows. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it might as well be on ESPN eight the Ocho. Like it's a joke. ESPN Sports Center may as well be called TV in nineteen eighty eight because like I don't know who watches it. I don't know why you guys watch it. There's nothing uh, on there for me to watch. I watch like, it I'm bored if you want work. if you like a baseball team, you go watch their highlights online. Why would I turn into Sports Center? They're not going to talk about. First of all, they're not. They're not going to talk about my teams anyway. They hardly ever talk about. I mean, they'll talk about the Yankees if there's a game coming up, but they kind of try to stay away from talking about the Yankees because they don't want to be the Yankees network, you know, and they don't want to keep paying yes licensing rights for showing games and stuff like that. So they they stick with like you know we're gonna do 20 minutes about the Kansas City Royals, then we're gonna do. Uh, uh, you know, 10 minutes about uh, New Orleans basketball. And, you know, it's like, and then we're going to talk about football. Uh, just Aaron Rodgers for 30 minutes. Like, it's right. like, I, I I don't know why, why to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, and I've tried, I've tried turning it on and stuff, but, and I like those, like those guys, like I like Scott Van Pelt and stuff like that. And he likes hockey, but like, yeah. Even during the playoffs, it's just like, okay, the game ended, Sports Center's on. He's like, we're going to get to all the highlights of what we just saw. And all, like, okay, so you're not just Sports Center tonight. You're the post game coverage. And it's like five minutes and then on to the rest of the show. Like, and on to the NBA Finals highlights. Yeah. And man, what a talk about NBA Finals. What a terrible year for Florida to make the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they didn't even get ratings in their state. Because everybody's watching Miami. Like, it's just. It's almost like that franchise is cursed. It, it really oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. But, you know, going back to that, that final series, just the actual hockey itself, regardless of who was covering it. I mean, d- did you expect this? Did you really think that? And let me ask you this Was Vegas this good, or was it just a matter of Florida basically turning back into Florida? I think the. I think the. Maybe a little bit of both. I I definitely think it's a little bit of both. The uh, it hit midnight and the put and the carriage turned into a pumpkin and back again. Um, but they're also a victim of circumstance, like you said, the ten day layoff. Uh, Bobrovsky is a goalie that needs to play. Right. He's a he he absolutely needs to play. Ten days is gonna kill him. Yeah. It, it absolutely did. Nine to three. That's how we ended the season. Was a nine to three game. Yeah. He deserved he better than terrible that. too. He looked he, not good. Yeah, well, uh, and like as much I mean, as I, the whole team looked not good in that last. The game, whole team so. looked not good the whole series. Like even the one win, like I think Vegas just threw it so they could win on home ice. <laughs> they saw how they were dominating. Like it was, it was a seven to three, seven to two, five to two. Then uh, they they lost one, and then they won two more. They knew what they were doing, right? 
Well, I tell you, I, I do think that once they realized that Matt Tuchuk wasn't coming back, it was done. That was that was the end of it. Because, I think that took the steam out of him for sure. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about his antics on the ice and all that, but I tell you, I've gained a heck of a lot more respect for Matt Chuck in these playoffs than I've ever had. And, I mean, the guy played through a broken sternum in game four. I couldn't even imagine that. Did you see his brother actually had to help him put his clothes and his gear on? Yeah. He couldn't even do it himself, and he, he still put himself in the lineup, which goes back to your point, Mazzotti. How is anybody not saying – Wait yeah. a minute, this might not be can't, a good You idea. can't freaking dress yourself. Yeah. You can't I... play. That should be the bottom line at minimum. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, like, look at the kid who got to play for him. The kid almost scored on his first shift in the last game there. Right. I can't even remember his name. But I remember, like, I'm like, who the hell is that kid? Uh, I think it started with, like, Veep or Volpe or something. He was on the, the line with – um. He was out with uh, Barkoff and, and Reinhardt. No, right? he was on the fourth line. Oh, was he? he was on, and the first time the fourth line went out, he almost scored. And they were like, wow, talk about taking a chance of your opportunity. Maybe if that kid was in game one or two, whenever Kachuk, you know, got hurt, then we could have, you know, done something about it. But, it's up to you know, you can't, can't do anything after the fact. Like, one game for a kid, like sure. What if he if he scored that goal, it would have been one nothing Florida, and you never know. But like, what this series came down to for me is the same thing it comes down to every year: lack of officiating, the lack, the letting him play. Because let me tell you something: the, the bottom line on this series was Vegas was faster, and interference was fully allowed. Fully allowed. Nobody got called for interference. And it was everywhere. I mean, every every single play. I'm like, that's interference. That's interference. That's interference. It was just ridiculous. I'm like, I guess we just don't call interference anymore. And then they called one, and it was like for nothing. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you just hit like six blatant, terrible interference. Guy dumps the puck in. Goes to skate around, gets pushed. That's interference. Like, what are you doing? That that was all okay. But then there was like one where the puck was like a little further, and that they called. I was like, I'm like that has nothing to do with it. Like, it's still interference. Like, it was it was mind blowing me. I'm I'm watching the Stanley Cup final, and like, this is the ugliest, crappiest hockey. Like, I don't want to watch this. I'm a hockey fan. I don't think this is hockey at all. Like, this would not fly any time in the regular season. Any time it would have been 100 penalties in that game six. But, no, Stanley Cup's on the line, so let's just put them away. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It totally deflates their product. And I don't know when they're going to – they won't fix this until Bettman is gone because it's going to take somebody new at the top to be like, we got to fix this. Fans have spoken. It's ugly. Nobody's watching at our biggest time of the year. We have the most famous trophy in the world, and nobody gives a crap. Like, that's a problem. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a at the core problem with your product. You know, like, it, I just, I don't know how the NHL doesn't say, like, you know, what do we do? What's going on? What's wrong? Why is it the playoffs ratings are going down? 
Like, but our regular season ratings aren't that bad. Like, well, guys, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're allowing the officials to do. And if those officials are, like, too scared to call, bring up new officials. Because let me tell you, AHL refs don't give a crap. They'll call whatever. Like, <laughs> Is that what you've learned from these playoffs, Chris? What I learned is Brett Howden is now a Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers made the wrong choice in Connor McDavid. Oh, there's a hot take. It really, I mean, I'm sorry. Did Jack Eichel not like single handedly almost between him and Marcio win this series? And that was it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, everyone's like Vegas is stacked top to bottom. Like, Brett Howden is on your third line. How, that's not stacked. He's not good. Like, I don't know how he's scoring. How is he scoring, Jack Eichel? Like, you know, like, <laughs> Marsha, so he's got guys around him that are setting him up. He doesn't have uh, Dryden Hunt, and uh, I don't even know who the other guy was on his line. Oh, Dryden Hunt and Ryan Reeves. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that should teach some other teams something about players they trade for that are supposed to be good. Maybe you put them with better players. <clears throat> Lafreniere. You know, like, <laughs> so, you know, that's one thing you might learn. Like, oh, we got to give these guys more ice time with better caliber players. We can't just stack our lines like that. We're never going to develop. Like, Vegas had a solid lineup throughout. And, yeah, Florida wasn't beating that. Florida didn't have that. Like, Florida was – it was amazing how far Florida got. Let's be real. Well, it was amazing they got past Boston. Aaron was playing through. You know, he What's his, that? When you hear what Aaron Eckblad was playing through, one of their star defensemen, broke his foot in the first round against Boston, and he was also playing with, with a torn oblique. You know, it's just, it's it's insane. What and he looked did. like crap. He was awful. I was watching that game, and I'm like, Eckblad needs to step this up. I didn't know he had a broken foot in a broken oblique. Foot, yeah. Like, get him out of there. Like, like it's never better. I remember in, I think it was 06, when the Rangers were, like, coming off of a playoff drought of six years. They made the playoffs at the last minute. They had to play the Devils in the first round. They got swept by the Devils. And in the last game, it was talk that, like, oh, you know, Yager might be hurt, but he's going to play and all this stuff. And it's like, don't play him. Put in somebody else. Like, put in somebody who's not hurt. And what happened? The very first play of the game, he tries to take a cheap shot at somebody and re-injures his shoulder and has to leave the game. First shift. So now you're down the whole game. Like, it doesn't help anybody. Like, I, I don't understand this mentality. I mean, do you guys understand that? I get, I, you know, you guys play, you know, and it's a high chance situation. I understand all that. But, like, who can goddamn put? You know, you can't yeah. put your own clothes on. It's, it's. So I've played through hurt. I've never played through injured. Um, I've played like, you know, bruised ribs, you know, pulled muscles never torn nothing ever like torn but like i 
I agree with you. Like, if you're that injured or you're that high risk of injury, you're putting your team at a detriment, not just yourself. Like, these guys always use the excuse, it's for the team. I'm playing because I want my team to win. I want I want the boys to celebrate. Well, you're not doing a great job if you're going to play with a broken sternum or a torn oblique. Like... Not for nothing. They they set their team back. You can't put your gear on. You, then why play? Why you're you're already a detriment. You you take a puck in the wrong spot, which is a high li- high likelihood. You're done. Not just not not just potentially for the game, the next season, potentially for your career. You know, it's a broken sternum. That could kill you. You get hit in the right spot, it's puncturing your heart. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, you're 100% right because it's not doing it for the team. It's doing it for yourself. It's completely selfish. Yeah. It's completely like – and it's an ego thing. Like, they can't win without me. I got to do what I can for them. That's ridiculous. Like, do what you can. Sit the hell out, heal the hell up, and let somebody else play. Like, it's, it's smoking it, you know, mentor one of these AHL guys, give them some, you know, gusto to go out there and do a good job for you. Like, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm 100% on your side. It's not that. good for an NHL either. You're putting a bad product on the ice, like, especially new, new, new TV deal. Like, yeah, it's, it's not good. No, it's not. It's, it is bad for the sport. You know, and then what? Your your star players who played throughout all the playoffs hurt or injured now have to miss sit the whole next season like Kucherov. Yep. What's the point? Yeah, what you learn these playoffs? I learned that the NHL does not care about timing. Um, like you said earlier, the 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 additional five days off after Vegas one, like. No, get these guys playing. They all want to play. Um, I learned that TNT, as good of a product as it puts out, like I do like the TNT panel. I do like as much as Mazzotti doesn't. I like Bissonette. I like Gretzky. I like that whole panel. I like how they toss in Charles Barkley every now and then. And it's so filled with personality. It's on the wrong channel. All of it is. All of it is. Put that on... You know, on literally any other streaming service, if it was on, if the NHL was strictly like Disney Plus, it'd be so much better, you know, because at least then they'd have like a dedicated, like that'd be the Disney Plus sport instead of ESPN, who, like Mazzotti said, is behind darts some days. Like it's it's behind the PBA. (laughs) You you can't (laughs) find it. You can't. There are days where I want to watch a game and I'm at work and I go on the app and I'm like, where's hockey? It was it was up here in the top yesterday, but that's because McDavid was playing. Today, it's like, you know, you have the Blue Jackets versus Red Wings is the only game. You're never going to find it. They bury those games. Right. And they, they bury, they, 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 they do an awful job of promoting star players, you know, like they, they should have done pieces uh, in between periods of all the star players could chuck, you know, talk about his father, his upbringing, you know, talk about Barkov, 
you know, instead it's just, you know, goofy antics. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. They don't promote players. They don't promote, you know, they, they, they talked, they talked a bit about the, what the 96 Panthers in the beginning of that finals. Right. And that's about it. Like they, they didn't talk about how the, the Panthers became, how the golden Knights became. They, they, well, in all fairness, we have heard many, 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 many times over and over again how the Vegas Gold Knights were misfits, and so, and it's not they got six years of history, so it's kind of hard. So, I really do think Vegas winning is the best outcome for the NHL out of all this, because now Vegas will be a hockey town. Like they will be behind Vegas before they're behind the Raiders and their future NBA team and the Oakland A's when they move there in a couple of years. Yeah. So good. they, 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 I think it is good that Vegas won. Um, I think it's suspicious. I don't think the game's rigged at all. Um, but I think the lack of calls kind of shows it's about as rigged as it can get for the NHL. Um, but they, it's, it is good for the sport. In, in the long run, they will always Vegas, the, the Golden Knights, the NHL will always have the first title in Vegas history and possibly the only one. I mean, the team, the caliber of teams they have there outside of the Golden Knights is garbage. I mean, well, I'll tell yeah. you, the, the Vegas Raiders still doesn't sound right. Vegas Raiders doesn't sound right. The oh, Vegas I screw that up so much every year. Yeah. yeah. Every year, I'm like, I, I forget they're in Vegas. Like I'll be like, yeah. oh, it's not Oakland. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. And then the A's are probably going to be there in a couple years. Less so, yeah. Let, if you know, that's a that's a that's long term. Um, so, and they're Hope not they're in a dome. <laughs> they, but they're going to be a joke for another decade, um, and that's minimum. Uh, so at least they got the monkey off their back. So they got they, they did get a, a championship, and it it will always be the first championship in Vegas history. Will always be the NHL, so they can hang their hat on that, and I do like that. Um, I'm happy for Bruce Cassidy. Um, Phil Castle has the easiest has the easiest three rings in history, <laughs> by far. Castle, come on, by far. I uh, know, by far. That kills, you, honestly, that kills me that 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 he wasn't even playing. I'm like, he didn't even get to play. He was available at the deadline. How many teams that got knocked out could have used Phil Kessel? I'm sorry. Every one of them. Every single one of those teams could have used a Phil Kessel on their team. But you know what, though, Mazzotti? Every GM lost point. that. You bring What's me that? what I learned about the playoffs. And I'm glad you said that because what I learned is that the trade deadline is completely overrated. Completely. Every year you see teams just go all in thinking that they're going to vastly improve their team by giving away picks and prospects and this and that for that quick fix. Take a look at Vegas and take a look at Florida. What they do at the deadline? I'll tell you. Not much. Uh, you're going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you, Scott. Okay. Because I think, I think that Vegas's trade deadline was that I think they won that deadline. And I think that's why they won well, the cup. Barbershop, right. But what I'm talking about Ivan is Barbershop. He right. was exactly. so I'm talking about the big He was the Matt Kachuk of that team. Right. Yeah. No what doubt. Is, what my point is, the, the big swing for the fences, you know how teams, well, we're going to give away three first-round picks for this guy because oh, think, you're, that's what I'm talking about. You're absolutely right on that. Yes. 
But the trade deadline as a, as a whole is very influential. Going after the big piece, that's, the, that's what you do not need to do. That's if you're I'm making talking. the playoffs already, you need the Ivan Barbashev. And according right. to what I found out after is a lot of teams weren't on Barbashev, including the Rangers. But Vegas is the one that won him. And it's like, well, maybe Rangers, if you weren't going after Patrick Kane, you mm. could have taken Barbashev. But mm-hmm. live and learn, and that's it. You know, but right. Barbashev, that guy is due. Like, I don't know where <laughs> he's, he's going, but now, he, so. is, he would be my number one free agent's, like, pickup. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get paid by somebody for sure. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad you said that too. Boy, I tell you, we are just flowing today. We're flowing like the, the river flows down to the sea. This is awesome. Uh, we'll shift gears here from uh, one coach who was fired last year and won the Stanley Cup in Vegas. <coughs> I don't want to throw any salt in your wound there, Ed. But No, you're uh, fine. It was time. It was time. The Rangers, I... who have recently hired Peter Laviolette as their coach to replace Gerard Gallant. Uh, Mazzotti, what do you think about this? I, I, well, first I, of all, curious. remember, Gerard Gallant was not fired. They parted ways mutually. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. They yeah. said, yeah. Gerard, you, you didn't win. What the hell? And he was like, F you guys. Why don't we just call it quits? That's it. <laughs> like, Let's walk away before years. we see something that's going to feelings. I know my time. It's two years. My time is up. I'm out. Like <laughs> That guy cannot hold a job. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and, I, and I do think it was valid for him to be gone. But Laviolette, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I think every Rangers fan will say, and I, I've seen a bunch of comments online, was like, best available guy now. Like, that's it. Like, it's not that he was the guy we needed all along. It's not like, oh, now things are going to, there's no like feeling like, okay, next season's going to be great because now we got Laviolette. Like, right. It 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 it'll will have more structure. I assume will be harder to score against. We have a very good goaltender, so that may indicate a lot more wins, which I am fine with. Will it be exciting hockey to watch? Probably not. Was Gallant's hockey exciting to watch? Not all the time, but when they were scoring, when they were clicking, man, when they played that AHL uh, Nashville Predators team before some of those predators got healed up for their, you know, March run. They, I think they played them like the first week of March. And it was like three lines are from the AHL. <laughs> like the Rangers, they were playing. It, that was such a fun game to watch. I don't care that they were playing inferior opponents. It was like, click, 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 score. <laughs> like, it was like, click, 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 score. Like, it was just like, they were, they were doing stuff like, they knew they were playing inferior guys, so they were like getting creative with it, and they were put. But it was Gallant's failure because Gallant should have taken that videotape and said, "Okay, now see, these guys weren't doing these things, but this is how creative you guys always need to be, like for this system to work. You need to always be this creative. You need to always be, you know." looking in the back door or dropping for a back pass or whatever, you know, creative thing you're looking for to get around opponents. But he didn't do anything like that. They were like, well, we know we didn't want to embarrass them. And they moved on to the next game. 
where they got select. So it was like, you got to use those types of things as learning things for the team. And I don't feel like Gallant's that type of coach. Like, I just don't. I feel like he's just like, go out there and play, guys, and I'll yell a little bit at a ref. Like, <laughs> like right. and, uh, you know, not ever challenge anything for my goaltender unless it's sure to be a, a, a penalty against us. Like, like it's, it's, but Laviolette has Rangers history. He, uh, he came up through the minors of the Rangers system. He earned his way up to the NHL. He didn't play a lot for the Rangers, but he had 12 games or something like that. You know, and who were his roommates in the minors? Um, oh yeah, it was, uh, Mike Richter and Brian Leach. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, so there might have been a little bit of influence on who Drury was going to pick since those guys are still consultants with the team. Like, I don't know. But, I have just a little bit to do with it. You know, uh, you know, Richter was, I read an article on the athletic and Richter was saying, like, this guy's earned it. He, he was undrafted. He made his way onto the U.S. Olympic team. He made his way into the, you know, minor. He got signed by an NHL team, made it, played some games, became a coach, like won a cup. People forget that. He's a cup winner. Like, so he's been there. He, he does know what it takes to win. Um, but the problem is the Rangers don't have a Rod Brindamore on their roster. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we do have Brennan Offman coming, who's supposed to be real tough as well as a scorer. So we'll see what happens with that kid. But well, I, you know, I just think they're going to have more structure. I think it was the best hire that they had available. I would have rather had Quinville or something, but they didn't want to wait to see what's going on with him. Right. And I don't think they wanted the you know backlash of anything either. Um I, yeah, that well, that's that's big. That's I think big right I think there. that's why they didn't want Babcock, uh, because be. of that same reason. They didn't want any backlash. Babcock would have been far less backlash. Babcock. There's somebody been... on the team that was on one of the teams where he was bullied or something because they were like, "Oh no, they're not going to get him because that would be really bad for that player or something like that." I was yeah, like, "Oh, at least, like, at least Babcock didn't like hide a sexual assault." <laughs> Yeah, there's that. But I'll tell you, I am looking at cap friendly right now for the Rangers. Now they do have almost twelve million dollars going into this offseason. Got some got some holes in the lineup. You got eight forwards that are signed. Um obviously you know you're gonna lose Patrick Kane. Nobody's nobody's gonna doubt that. He's probably I would say probably done for his career. Um he's not done. He had surgery. He's gonna play in November. Yeah. He'll he'll sign for some team for a mill, a mill five or something. Watch. <laughs> I could see him going to Buffalo. I would see. I could see that just to go home. Kind yeah, of deal. and especially mm-hmm. now that the Sabers are actually on the rise. Right. But with the Rangers, the one free agent that's really jumping out at me, and it's not Vlad Tarasenko, it's Tyler Mott. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. he's one of those character guys that you really need on your team. And NHL.com just put an article on this. I was looking down. It says uh, Laviolette believes Rangers have the skill. But they must compete harder to win the cup. So, I think maybe in this off season, that's what Drury's going to be looking for: is those high compete guys. 
and not necessarily your superstars that, you know, the guy, oh, he's supposed to be scoring 40 goals again or a year. You know, that's, I, I truly believe to win the cup, you've got to be able to have those kind of guys on your team. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really I, I agree with you guys. You know, you, you look at every cup champion, uh, like you could pick out who kind of was the, the lifeblood of those teams. And it's it's very rarely like very rarely like the star player. Like look look at the twenty eleven Bruins. You had that fourth line that was so pivotal. You had Michael Ryder, you know, Andrew Ference on defense. Like the star players, like they, they got the points, but they rallied off the backs of those that those third and fourth liners who worked extra hard. They were the intangibles. Sure. Those, those are the guys that win you the cup right there. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You'll never change my mind on that one. Um, but, you know, the thing is, too, you know, in looking at some of the stuff that's going on around the league and not to shift gears on you guys or anything, but I'm going to, um, Oliver ekman Larson was just recently bought out by the Vancouver Canucks. It did not work out. I think he was like four years into that $8 million or eight-year deal. Uh, the thing is, though, is that Arizona traded him to the, the Canucks and retained salary. So because Vancouver bought him out, not only does Vancouver lose their retained salary spot, but Arizona does too. And I don't think that's right. I think that's something that's really got to be fixed because how do you punish a team four years down the road when that team buys out that player and you did that team a favor four years ago by retaining salary to facilitate the trade? Why is it Arizona's fault? that it didn't work out in Vancouver for them. And do you think that maybe going forward, this should this apply to the LTIR trade? Because you see that a lot, right? These LTIR, these these contracts that get traded just to have that extra cap space. And then they just kind of sit on the sidelines for, you know, look at Brett Seabrook, for example, right? So what do they got to do to fix this? Because, I mean, it's getting kind of out of hand now. And, and especially a franchise like Arizona that is just completely struggling as it is. And now you just took another thing away from them. It's it definitely something that's probably going to have to be negotiated in the next CBA because um, these owners don't want to pay for somebody to sit on the sidelines. You know, as much as as much as like it, it looks good, like you know in the sense of like, oh, we can just buy it, you know, deal this contract and just have the cap space and give it to somebody who he's, you know, like Arizona profits from it. But I think like next CBA that the the owners are going to see this and be like, wait, so we're paying this guy not to play for anybody for four years. Like that's, that's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Like this, this league has done nothing but disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> and like Oliver Eggman Larson isn't bad. He just did not fit with the Canucks system. You know what I think they should do? I think they should have a one compliance buyout every three years. Yeah. I like that idea. You get one mulligan every three years. I, like I think idea. players would go for that because they're going to get paid. Yeah. Right? And you know, I, and I know it, it kind of encourages wild spending and wild contracts, but at the end of the day, the players want to make money, right? 
and the owners want to bring in these star players. So if it doesn't work out, okay, it doesn't work out. Here's your money. Sorry, it didn't work out. Now we got to wait another three years before we can make another mistake and buy that out too. I think Minnesota would love this rule. <laughs> well, well, it would have helped them out a little bit anyways. Uh, I think there's something to that. I also think like maybe you should restrict buying out the other way then, you know, like if you're going to give them one, like then you can, well, we're going to use our compliance in this guy and the other three guys will just buy them out and deal with it. Like, I, I think that should be restricted too then uh, or, or, or something because uh, it does, it makes headlines when they sign, make a big signing, you know, like it's good for the, the league and news in the off season. Like July's the beginning of July is one of my favorite times for hockey. Yeah. I, I love free agency. I love the draft. Like that's all great. Um, of course, they don't. You won't see any promotion of it on ESPN for no. six <laughs> weeks out, like they do the NFL. Like uh, when it's the end of the football uh, Super Bowl, and they're talking like, "Oh, well, uh, what are we going to do at the draft?" Like, "Oh, uh, it's like, whoa, the season just ended." Like, but no, like that's you know. Yeah. It's okay for football, thing. not for hockey. Same but, thing with the NBA. It's like eight hours after the NBA finals. It's like, oh, yeah, now these guys are upcoming free agents. Um, how much do you think they go for and who do you think they're going to? And then, like, hockey, it's like July 3rd. They're like, hey, free agency started. Yeah, well, yeah. And, you know, here, just, uh, a little whammy for the league. I think this is going to be, like, the most boring free agent class ever. But is there but no huge names been, if Ekman Larson just got bought out, I think he'd be a great fit on the third line for the Rangers. <laughs> he'd be a good fit on a third period for anybody, really. I mean, that would be him and Schneider. Like, Schneider would be the rough guy, and he would be the playmaker. I mean, that would be really yeah. good. I can see that being working really well. But um, you were talking about the Rangers' cap issues. They got to – they got to re-sign Keandre Miller. They got to yeah. re-sign Lafreniere. Luckily, they don't have to give Lafreniere too much because he played like crap all <laughs> playoffs and most of the year. Um, we got to get a backup goalie too. We got to get a backup goalie. I don't know if Halak's coming back or not. It looks like he's not. Um, yeah, but uh, he's thirty-eight years old. He might just retire. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. He might be just done. Um, but uh, we they don't necessarily have to sign a backup goalie because they could bring up Duran from the AHL um, and start him up. Uh, you know, he had, a, he had a pretty good year down there. Uh, probably time to get him up to the NHL anyway. So yeah. and let him, you know, get mentored by Igor. Like, you know, that nothing wrong with that, I don't think. so. And then you could um, trade him to a West Coast contender in three years. <laughs> and buy them out and then get hit with the cap compliance <laughs> or your, your retained salary. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it is, you know, uh, the NHL has a real issue with this whole cap structure because the, the final thing I learned from these NHL playoffs is if you're someplace with no taxes – yeah. You can win a Stanley Cup because that's what we've learned the last few years. Tampa, Tampa, Vegas. Oh, what do these have in common? Warm weather, no state taxes. Yeah, I think they definitely got to start 
figured out something within the salary cap to even the level. They need to make it a soft cap, a luxury tax. You want these? You want these good players? Then you pay the luxury tax. It doesn't. It doesn't even need to be that, Ed. All it needs to be is like a mathematical formula to say, like, oh, you have a state with zero percent. Then we're gonna. And what's the? Who has the highest tax? And we're just gonna percentage all that out between all the teams so that each team has a little bit of a different cap. That's all it needs to be. So instead of it. Well, what's the cap now? Eighty-one million. Uh, yeah, it's going up a million next year. So yeah, it's like eighty-two, It'll be like 82 million. Year. So next okay, year so is- Florida only gets seventy-eight. You know, uh, Vegas only gets they they have a one percent tax or or two percent. So Vegas gets eighty. You know, like stuff like that. Dallas has nothing. They they are seventy-eight. Oh, the Rangers have twenty-six percent. So they get. 89 like you know like whatever it is but that's that's what they need to do they need right. to make it if it's going to be a salary cap and fair amongst the teams it needs to be a fair across the tax structure as well and i'm sorry escrow the the escrow these players play is a joke yeah uh, that's ridiculous it's ridiculous so you you're you're play, you're paying these guys to play in your league but then you're also charging them to play in your league it's right. like they, if they if they have like an eight million dollar contract, they you know let's say Connor Mc, or we'll use Connor McDavid's contract for example. His is like what ten million. He makes ten million a year. No, he makes twelve and a 12. half. Twelve and a half. Then yeah. he probably sees four point five. <laughs> well, especially with the tax rate, he's probably paying in Alberta. The, 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 yeah, well, the, that, that's, that's, that's my other the, point. Yeah, the Alberta and the Canada tax rate mixed with the escrow, you 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 lose sixty percent of your salary. Yeah, and why hasn't the Canadian uh, team won the cup since nineteen ninety three? Might be your answer right there. Like, no, not only is the weather bad, I don't make as much money. So why would I want to go there in free agency? Unless I'm John Tavares and I grew up with Toronto Maple Leaf sheets. Like, because you remember when Stamkos was was a, a free agent for five minutes? They thought, yeah, they thought he was going to go to Toronto. Yeah, he was like, yeah, well, you know, everyone said he's going to Toronto. I remember being glued to NHL Network, watching it, being like, Stamkos is going to Toronto. I can't believe it. And then, then on the ticker, Stamkos resigns in Tampa. I'm like, well, that was anticlimactic. Now, be in mind, I was young enough to not realize the tax situation. In Florida, but you know, I was just like back then. I was like, "Oh, that's just loyalty." No, it's taxes. It's money. It's money. It's taxes, and and he was already living there. Like, you don't have to move. Why am I going to move and take less money? Like, doesn't make any sense. Like, now, like hindsight's twenty twenty. I get it. I would have made the same exact decision. It's well, I tell you what, I just I just looked at the guys. <clears throat> the salary cap for this coming season is eighty three point five, and then the following season it goes to eighty seven point five, and then the year after that it goes to ninety two. So, if they can get this taxing figured out, <laughs> there there's going to be some money flowing for sure. That's uh, there's going to be money flowing anyways. But I just think it would be much more advantageous for the players if they could figure out some kind of a just an equalization. That's all. Just I just a- don't playing field that's i it. just know oh, 92 million for the whole team yeah okay what's aaron judge making per at bat yeah 
pal. <laughs> like, the, does the NHL ever look at their product and go, "What are we doing wrong, guys?" Like, well, you can't you can't compare the MLB to NHL because okay, I mean, the NBA, but the NBA is Mark much Cuban. Better. Mark right. Cuban bought the Dallas Mavericks for like <laughs> I forgot some like ten million, I think. So yeah, it was like yeah. twelve million bucks or something like that, right? Nobody cared about him. And I just saw him on an interview, and somebody asked him, "How much is it valued at now?" He's like, oh, "Billion, billion two. Like they're like, "That's pretty good return on investment." Well, that was also. But the if somebody league. bought the Dallas Stars, in what 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 is it now? It's just oh, it's a hundred million more. <laughs> like it's like right. okay, well, why is it the NBA? has had a thousand percent increase in their value and the NHL's had like twenty percent. <laughs> like, right. you know, right. it's it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with not just the way the leagues market their players, but also how the players market themselves. Like if you look at NBA players and their attitudes, they are staunchly different than NHL players and their attitudes. And more people seem to gravitate towards what the attitudes of the NBA players are like as much as I'm sick of hearing it, like hearing about John Morant, but like he gets suspended for like 50 games for having a gun uh, on social media, but that just increased his brand. And now he's selling jerseys. Like it's all about individual brand in the NBA and with most players in the NFL, like the Kelsey's and Patrick Mahomes and all them. And even in baseball, where like the NHL, like they they focus so much on the team branding, and this is just hockey culture as a whole. Like they focus so much on like, here we're gonna buy this Florida Panthers blank jersey, you know, instead of actually advertising players to put on it. Where like you can't buy an NFL or NBA jersey or even an MLB jersey without a number on it already associated with a player. Like they have, they focus so much on individual players branding in those leagues, and the NHL fails at it. Imagine if they actually let Connor McDavid be be themselves or Jack Eichel be themselves. Like they, I don't think it's so much. I don't. I don't think you're right about this. Ed. there's a reason why. Okay, because what most people don't get is everyone says hockey players are nice guys and everything like that, but you know waspy type of guys like that don't care about little guys and, and it's that's all it's all bs you know what i mean like now there are great guys like i think of a lot about pk suvan you know i hate him i don't like him i don't like his commentary at all but i know he's a really good philanthropic guy like he he gives a lot for for that hospital in Montreal still and he's not in Montreal you know <laughs> like so but, but uh, PK Subban he's so active on social media and promotes his own brand to where he's able to continue doing that and he's successful and that's fine. I don't he's, know that the league should get behind that though that's my point is it, it, it's great in PK Subban's case right but would it have been so great in Sean Avery's case probably not like, you know, like Sean Avery's having trouble promoting his own brand because he's such an asshole. Like, 
Sorry yeah, for the language. That's but that's that's the way it is. Like and, and I'm a fan. You know, I've I he DM'd me before and he was a jerk to me, and I'm like, big fan, Sean. But really, you're wrong about this and you're being a jerk. But I'm a big fan. And like, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I can't believe I'm DMing with Sean Avery, but at the same time, I'm like Stop telling people crap about COVID that's not true. (laughs) You know, like, but I'm a big fan. Big fan, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) First off, I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan, but I feel that your information might kill some people. So please stop. Like, (laughs) huge fan. You're a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and like, really, like, a, a, a lot of people, and I've heard a lot of like, I listen, you know, I've listened to other interviews and stuff with other hockey reporters, and they're like, you know, everyone's like, oh, so it's such a nice guy, such a nice guy. It's like, not all the guys are nice. Like, not all the guys are nice. They're nice yeah, in front of the cameras. They're nice, but when you're backstage and you're a press, you know, a press agent, you're trying to get a quote, sometimes they're like, F off, man, get out of my face. I don't have time for you. Who are you with? I'm not with that. You know, like, these guys are just as, as finicky as anybody else. I don't know that it's the best thing. Now, <clears throat> if you wanted to say, like, pick a guy from one team to market, and, like, you know, the Rangers in market, say Zabinijan or Kreider, and, and you know, uh, Boston would, would, would maybe Marshand or, or uh, Omar or something like that. Like, I think that's better than, like, just letting the guys like free fall. Yeah, start putting things on your jerseys, you know, whatever. Like, we want you, we're going to help back whatever crap you're talking about. Like, um, um, I I don't, I think that would take away from the game. And I I don't think it lends to basketball that much, as much as it lends to these guys and their celebrity, you know? But like, I, again, I'll, I'll go with Zabinijad. He's doing Lollapalooza and where in Finland or something Sweden, like that. Sweden, I think. Sweden. Right. But like, there's a reason why every time I go to a Comets game, every Rangers jersey I see is either Panarin or Zabinijad. Panarin because he's absolutely nasty, and Zabinijad because every time I see a Rangers headline that's off the ice, it's him doing his DJ stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know, like it's I, I see his name. I like and you're saying I, that the league should get more behind promoting that. I think yeah, exactly. I think the league should. And I think the league should have his music on their website. Sure. It doesn't need to be, you know, like front row center of, in front of highlights. Right. But if you click on his profile, throw a link onto his Spotify on there. It's interesting. You, you know, interesting. if these players have something that they want to back, like let's say PK Subban in the hospital. Don't when when you click on his player profile, throw like his link to donate money to him to his foundation. Right. That, that's not a bad idea, but I can guarantee you that'll never happen because NHL.com is by far one of the worst websites I've ever been to for anything. It yes. is terrible. Their I app agree. is terrible, and and it gets worse. Like I don't know how they make it worse every year, but it does. It just gets worse. Like they haven't changed the framework since 1996, and they're, everything's built on top of that. Can't find anything. Try to look up a stat or a roster. Forget it. Hockey DB, fantastic. Yep. Every time I need something, Hockey DB, like instantly, right there. Oh, I want to see 
who was on the 94 Rangers roster in the playoffs who scored? How many how many games did Eddie Olchek play in the 1994 Rangers playoffs? Oh, none. Okay, good. I got a hockey DB in like a, a minute. NHL.com, I wouldn't even know where to find I, it. Like, you got to have a PhD to figure it out. It's yeah. Like, like, that's also coming with a complete overhaul of the way the league works. It. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, the, league, the league, and who was it? Dana White just said it. He's just like, there are a bunch of clueless old white guys who don't know what their fans want. Like, he's not wrong. No. He's not wrong. He, they, we can just get them to listen to this podcast. Well, <laughs> we're only like we should be the official podcast of the NHL. Damn it, we, we might as well be. Yeah, like, we, but like, they, we'll sue me for wearing a Rangers hat. Yeah, right. they, it, that's why I wear all my hats backwards. I got the yeah. right now. They can't sue me. They didn't see it. Um, By the way, yeah. Reebok Rangers hat. I, I, I made my wife. I had one of these. It's from uh, I think the 2016 playoffs or something. I had one of these. It's the best hat I've ever had. That fit like perfectly and it's it's a it's a fitted cat it's one of those little stretchy type of hats and uh it's a reebok they only had six left in stock so now there's only five uh, I but, uh i would have bought i them had all. another one it was getting like gross because it's like an old hat and like it got stained a little bit from the sun or something and i told my wife i'm like there's only a few left i got a birthday coming up would you get me another one same hat but like the the Adidas hat, the, the I, don't even know, hat. I wouldn't even buy a Fanatics hat. Fanatics, so, I mean, it, it, they're all, they're all. I mean, they're always making the wrong decision. Is my point? NHL, yeah. it moves backwards. They move like, backwards, like um, jerseys. NHL Fanatics. <laughs> Who's the outlier here? Who's the outlier? Yeah, like I'm not. You saying- know why? Because Nike doesn't want any part of their terrible marketing. Yeah. Because Nike's marketing department's going like, no, you guys got your head up your butt. We don't yeah. want to deal with you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they need to bring they, it back to the day, at least bring it back to the day where every team went out and found their own jersey company. We need we need to go back in time to when hockey was better. Did you help us, Scott? I think we could all agree on that, to be honest with you. But I'll tell you what, speaking of times when times were better, um, we, we mentioned earlier we have a busy week coming up here next week. Uh, let's see, the NHL award show is let's see, June 26th. The uh, the draft is June 28th and 29th. But we're recording here on Tuesday, June 22nd. And uh, tomorrow, June 23rd, they're going to announce the, the NHL uh, 2023 Hall of Fame class. I'm sorry, the Hockey Hall of Fame class. So, I want to go over this real quick with you guys because there are certain rules for the hall, right? And let's see, I'm looking at your your favorite NHL.com right now, <laughs> and it says for the How'd NHL. Find it? Hey, I know, right? Did you have to use Alta Vista on the search engine? Did you use Excite or Yahoo? Yeah. <laughs> But it says that uh, each class is a maximum of four retired male players, two retired female players, two builders, or one builder and one retired official. Um, so I want to go over, uh, and I'll, I'll admit it, I don't know enough about the uh, the ladies that are on this list to really make the call, so to speak. So I do want to go over the, the, the NHLers that are on this list. And uh, they are as follows. Corey Crawford, Henrik Lundqvist, Justin Williams, 
uh, Tom Barrasso, Rod Brindamore, we just mentioned him earlier, Patrick Eliash, Theo Fleury, Sergei Gonchar, Curtis Joseph, Reggie Leach, Alexander Maltsev, Boris Mikhailov, Alexander McGillney, Chris Osgood, and well, he's a uh, Jeremy Roenick, Keith Chuchuk, Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon, and Henrik Zetterberg. So you got to pick four of those. I think we can all agree that Hank's going to be a surefire. Uh, if Hank's not, then just burn the whole hall down. <laughs> really? Well, let's let's just all agree on that before we have to call the fire department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm not going to agree just to piss off Mazzotti. Hank's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> the first goaltender to win 30 games in his first six seasons in the NHL. He's not going to get in? Come on. <laughs> no, he's definitely in. I just want to piss you off. Of those players I listed, was there anybody else on that list that you went, yeah, this guy's got to be in? First well, of I think all, all, how is Reggie Leach not already in the Hall of Fame? That's what I was wondering. He's like the Flyers' all-time leading scorer. Like, if you're an all-time leading scorer for a franchise, I would think that would, like, automatically get you with the Hall of Fame. You know, he's got cups. He had, like, yeah, he had two 50-goal seasons. Uh, let's see, 69 points, 94 playoff games. Uh, he had 666 points in 934 regular season games. So it's too bad he couldn't get one more point just to get off that number, but that's okay. Uh, he won the Constance in 76. And let's see, he had an NHL record, which has since been tied 19 goals in 16 playoff games. Okay. So it might have been longevity that's keeping him out. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that he hasn't made it in by now. Because I would say, like, okay, yeah. well, maybe he would get in on, a like, a, a soft year. You know right. what I mean? But, like... There's had to be many soft years since he retired. Yeah, and they're not putting him in for some reason. So, uh, for how much people were talking about in the playoffs, apparently Keith Kachuk, because every time there was a Florida game, Keith Kachuk got brought up, and it was like, oh, Walt Kachuk. First of all, stop calling him Walt Kachuk. Like, I'm sorry. I know that's his nickname and everything, but all you're doing is confusing people at home. Yeah. Because one day, one day you're calling him Keith. The next day you're calling him Walt. Next day you're calling him Keith, who likes to be called Walt. Like, it's like just, just call him Keith. Like we know him as Keith. Like that's who the fans know him as. You know, we don't call him Chucky or whatever the other nickname they called him in the in the locker room. You know, and it, like <laughs> so, uh, if he's, well, he's not put it. in, I don't know what because yeah, they kept saying it all playoffs long, right? Uh, who I think is on that list that is a complete sin is Alexander McGill. McGill, he should be. He should be in. Yeah. I don't know. No, he's he's every year. Be honest with you, I, I really that? I don't know how he's not, how he's not in. I think it's political. that's what I'm saying. Like ridiculous that it's been this long and McGillney's not in. McGillney yeah. was a superstar. Like if, if Sergey Fedorov's in the Hall of Fame, then Alexander McGillney should damn well be in the Hall of Fame. McGillen should have been in 10 times before Fedorov. They right. Wanted, they wanted to chase him out of Detroit. They hated him in Detroit. Like, well, And I will say that, like with McGillen, not only for what he did on the ice, but off the ice, what he went through to get here. Yeah. No. That, that, was, that was no sweetheart deal with the Soviet government. I mean, he defected. He risked his life to come over here. Yeah. And he was only, and it was the only good goal call from, um, who was the guy that used to Rick do the Buffalo play-by-play? 
What? Rick Jenneret. Jenneret, yeah. Well, my brother and I used to always say it from, from his calls. We'd be like, Alexander McGee! <laughs> it was the best. Like, complete playing street hockey in their front yard and score. You'd be like, Alexander McGee! <laughs> It was, it was the best. He was he was fantastic. I was there was not a player I was more pissed off the Devils got in my life than Alexander McGillan. Like <laughs> uh, the really. first the first pro hockey game I ever saw was an Albany River Rats game. McGillan was playing for him, so I, I at least get to say I got to see McGillan play. But it, it's he it's with him and with. Half of these other players, it's purely political. Like, either they pissed somebody off or they just said something wrong in the past. No, there's definitely a Canadian, like, Russian bias. There you is. Um, well, look at um, what's I his don't name? think anybody would deny it. I think it's gone down in recent years. It uh, has. But, Ovechkin did a lot. But there's been a long time, you know, the Don Cherry... Don Cherry, get, get right. these guys out well, here back to Russia. They still talk about the seventy-two Summit Series all the time too. So yeah, yeah, like like anybody watched it. Like they act like everybody watched that series. Like uh, it wasn't even on TV for most of your viewing audience in America. Like, like, like yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you guys something. Like for my list, obviously Keith Chuck, I totally agree he should be in. Alexander McGillney, of course, is a no-brainer. My fourth one, speaking of that era where the Summit Series was, is Boris Mikhailov. I mean, I, and I know that's a, a blast from the past. It's an it's an old name, but watch the movie Red Army sometime. No, and I take, know. And take a look at what this guy did. He was one of the original Soviet powerhouse teams, right? No, and he's he terrifying. And terrifying. it was amazing what these guys were doing and what they went through. And to be perfectly honest with you, and I know there might be something what you said. I mean, there's some old leftover you know, we'll just call it hatred from the, the Cold War era or whatever. But this is a guy that deserves to be recognized in the Hall of Fame as well. He's already in the International Hall of Fame or the, the IIHF Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. But I think that the NHL would be so much better served if they would promote some of these stories from the past and to really kind of try to put the pedestal and the spotlight on them that would help grow the game a little bit, just like we were saying they need to grow the modern players. I think that there's a, something that's totally missing that they haven't done with their past, and it's it's right there. Right? It's that guy right was there. one of the best players in the my world. What's that? And that guy was one of the best players in the world for like exactly. 20 years. Exactly. Like, but nobody knows. It, it, nobody knows. You the know, fact that he's not in is like it's 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 it, it makes me angry. Yeah. It's like. It, it, it's it's like just what I was saying. It's like, oh, we can't have him in our Hall of Fame. Uh, we, he could be in the International Hall of Fame or the Russian Hall of Fame or the you know uh, Slovak Hall of Fame or whatever he is. But uh, he's a little too off color for the Hockey Hall of Fame yeah. here in oh. Holy Toronto. Like, I think I think what the NHL really kind of misses the boat on and what the, the NFL does so well with like NFL films. Could you imagine if there was something like that for the NHL? Oh, it'd be fantastic. Awesome. Be... They used no, to. We rock have, and sock them down cherry tapes. Three, no, <laughs> three, three ESPN films. One is June 14th, 1994, which is 
the day the Rangers, uh, or June 17th, 1994, the day the Rangers had their uh, parade and uh, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Yep. Simpson was, was going on. Yeah. yeah. And the Knicks yeah. were playing and whatever. Yeah. Like, that's one, okay? More Covers the Rangers parade for like two seconds in that film. There's Big Shot about the jerk who had no money who bought the Islanders <laughs> <laughs> and then got kicked out, right? Not really having to do anything with hockey. And then there's the one about Wayne Gretzky trade. No, there's one about there's also a Miracles and Men, which and is their version of Red Army. And then there's is that the an one ESPN about film? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. And then they Four. have one about the um, uh, McCarty the and uh, yeah, McCarty yeah. and uh, McCarty. Oh wait, the the new one. That's the newest yeah. one, right? That was actually yeah. pretty good. The the, the unrivaled. Yeah. 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 Colorado, Detroit, did, right? They're doing one about the creation of the Mighty Ducks, yeah. which. I kind of like because they were huge in the '90s. The branding of that team was huge. Uh, the branding is awesome. The branding, of course, they ruined it by yeah. getting rid of the the mask and crossbow. Yeah, the like, you know, because everybody would rather see a webbed foot because that yeah, makes that that, that somehow it's a, it's a duck's foot. hockey. I know, but it's like, like it's a duck's foot. Duck's foot duck's when I look at that. It's I so stupid. It is. What the hell is that? The, it's uh, dumb. Owners, That's what it is. It's dumb. Trip. Yeah, exactly. The, the owners. I had a duck's trip. hat. I, I loved it. It was a black hat with a eggplant brim. Or no, it had a, the teal brim. Uh, and, and it had the, the, the logo right there. It was beautiful. And on the side, I think an eggplant. It said like Anaheim Money Ducks or something like that. And I was like... See the logo was great. I just couldn't one of my favorite it. hats I ever had. I like. I love the colors. I love the colors. The colors were so unique. Yeah, uh, that's why I like an orange. Not that's real original. Red, no, the, like the, the original Flyers West. Right. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the original colors. The eggplant. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm, I'm I saying you're right. You're right. What they do? They made them terrible colors. Like they don't. They they never do anything right anywhere. It's hockey. Go backwards. Let's just go. At least the Rangers stay backwards. We have, we got a, a <laughs> we got our second uniform, our second season, and we're friggin' sticking with it. Like, <laughs> like you know, that's it. We'll you give you a Liberty to... jersey every now and again, but otherwise, just Rangers across. Yeah. That's it. Like, the they won't even wear this. This they... isn't even a jersey. This is their practice jersey. They like they won't the be 70s. on the ice with the, the emblem. Like they, they tried that in the seventies. Yeah, they did. They did. Well, we're going to wrap up here real quick. Uh, just so everybody knows, the AHL Calder Cup Finals are going to a Game 7. Let's go, Hershey. That's uh, going to be tomorrow night. Hershey and Coachella no way. Valley. Yeah, I was watching last night, and Coachella Valley kind of blew Hershey off the ice, but they said it was 100 degrees outside the arena out there. 100 degrees. Could you imagine? And the ice was okay? They said it was okay. They said the, the arena was ice cold. It's a brand new arena, though. So, I mean, that's, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, they yeah. built it this season. Clinton so. Arena there, wouldn't survive 100 in the wrong. Yeah. I remember back in the day when the, the Utica made the playoffs, like in like 87 or 88, and like they'd have to stop for like steam and have the guys circle. I remember that in the NHL, yep. too. Like, yep. where it's like it's too awesome. hot outside. Ice yep. is evaporating. You yep. can't. You're, you're three rows back. You can't see what's happening. They'd have the guys skate around and like 
vortex the steam out and they'd play and then like they'd clean the ice in between it would fix itself but back (laughs) oh boy too much fun but yeah that'll be tomorrow night on uh ahl tv which i wish was on hl network that'd be kind of fun i mean what are they going to do replay nhl tonight for the 17th time of the day or play game five from the big how do I even get NHL Network? Okay, because through my <laughs> yeah. cable provider, it's not like an add-on for two ninety nine. I had to spend an extra sixty dollars to get the highest cable package possible to get NHL Network. How's that for marketing? Your product. Awesome. They're doing a bang up job. Yeah, they're just doing great. NHL's so good. I I can't just like go on and be like, I'm gonna buy an NHL. Oh, here's the NHL app. And on there, I could just subscribe to NHL Network. No, that would be too difficult. No, <laughs> no, no. Our website doesn't work like it. It was built in 1995. You don't understand. <laughs> we don't Tim want to go down. created the internet, created our website. Okay? So, uh, sorry. <laughs> this is sport. The NHL oh, hockey itself should be so much more popular because it takes so much more skill and <laughs> They just fumble it time and time again. Well, here I feel you. like the only person in the country who's ever been converted over to being a hockey fan and seeing like how amazing the sport really Charles is Barkley. is Charles Barkley. That's, it's Charles Barkley. That's it. That's it. There's no yeah. way. And Charles Barkley's been saying it for like 20 years. Like you guys got to watch hockey. Like, and everyone's like. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Like, <laughs> you're crazy he, goes, he, ta- he talks yeah, to Shaq and Shaq's just sitting there. Just... You don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> Shaq's sitting there cross-eyed being like, oh, what's hockey? <laughs> I don't know what the sport is. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. We're going to do a Zamboni time machine, and maybe the NHL will be inspired by this one because there's something to this, maybe for promotional value. I think you're going to like it, too. This is going to be really fun. You're hey. sure. The Zamboni Time Machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used for permission. I got visuals for this one. Here we go. Bang. This week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to December 1979 and the re- release of Le Fleur, the Guy Le Fleur disco album. The Hockey Hall of Famer, a Montreal Canadian superstar, released the album in both English and French at the height of the disco craze. Le Fleur was, and still is, a god in Montreal. And just like today, in the 1970s, Montreal was well known for its nightlife. Montreal was loaded with discotheques, which Lafleur was quite fond of visiting. The album is a mixture of songs and spoken word hockey instruction. Guy does not sing the songs, but does the spoken word hockey instruction over a disco music background, complete with backing vocals. It's sort of like a hockey coach beats Studio 54. The two songs on the album are called Face Off and Power Play and were performed by local Montreal disco musicians. One of the more interesting lyrics from Power Play went, if it ever gets down to it, baby, you know, I'll get my way with my power play. A poster of a bare-chested Lafleur and his jersey hanging behind him was included with the album. <laughs> I can't make this up. Sadly, Lafleur, the Guy Lafleur disco album, was not a huge success, as apparently not a lot of people outside of Montreal cared about Guy's passion for disco music. Interestingly enough, the album ended up being a hockey trendsetter, as a couple of years later, with the help of future Growing Pain star Alan Thicke, the Los Angeles Kings triple crown line of Dave Taylor, Marcel Dion, and Charlie Simmer would record Forgive My Misconduct, which we have another visual for right there. <laughs> the New York Rangers also got in on the act when Phil Esposito and the Rangers Rockets recorded Hockey Sock Rock. Shockingly, neither of these songs would make it into the Billboard charts, 
but you can find both on YouTube under Forgive My Misconduct and Hockey Sock Rock with John Davidson. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. See that? Now, if the NHL would just go to something like that, the league would just take off. Look at those guys. Look like they're having so much fun. Yeah. They're not winning hockey games, that's for well, sure. Well, no, but he'll hit <laughs> him one good. That's all the well, count. was. LaFleur was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even – what year was that for the Rangers, 85? I don't even think they it made the right playoffs. After, no, that, the, the Kings and the Rangers were early 80s. It was right after that Guy LaFleur thing. 81, I think. Yeah, because they're figuring, oh, we'll capitalize on this. This is going to be great. It was Rangers were just speed bumps for the Islanders back then. <laughs> But if you go, if you could, like I said, you can get those songs on YouTube and it's hilarious. It oh, is so funny. so funny. You got to watch the videos. Yeah. It's, I, I've I seen them. I saw the Rangers <laughs> one. That one's bad. Yeah. Marcel, the Rangers yeah, one is particularly bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I, Ronnie Duguay's in it, right? With his hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I said earlier, the, the, the Macho Man, it brings you back to the Macho Man, Randy Savage, be a man. Yes. <laughs> He's Walt Duguay to all his friends, not Ronnie. I'm sorry. (laughs) We call him Walt. We call him Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His friends know him as Ron Benwell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Shlomo Duguay to to all his friends. It goes by Shlomo, but we call him Walt. Sometimes he's Ron. Whatever, like. Well, guys, that was a lot of fun. It really was. And, you know, like I said earlier, we got a lot more to talk about next week. So much going on, which we'll probably promote better than the league. So <laughs> that's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. All we got to do is put one Facebook post and we already beat the league. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're, we're already seen... on more media platforms than the yeah. NHL. So that shouldn't uh, be hard. I've, I've seen the same clip of Mark Stone lifting the cup in slow mo. A hundred times, and I haven't seen anything else. Yeah, it's like, come on, change your tune a little bit, would you? He's yeah, right. else's spotlight. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it like on their social media. I haven't seen a single video of Marsha so getting the con Smythe, and I've seen a thousand times Mark Stone getting the cup. Like the NHL, such a joke. Show everybody. I haven't seen anything other than the drones. Did you see what they did with those drones over the arena? No, they, like I haven't even seen that. Out, like word Vegas twenty twelve, like they were all lit up drones. They made them into a big cup that like rotated. Like that was cool. That was crazy. That has that. That does seem cool. I wish the NHL would show me things like that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, the NHL doesn't have the technology for that. YouTube <laughs> knows I like hockey, so they put it into my feed on man. <laughs> but the NHL. That's like voodoo to them. They don't understand how that works. We can't have that. We don't mess with that voodoo. Voodoo's bad stuff. (laughs) If the the NHL was smart, they would hire, and I hate to bring him up, they would at least give Steve Dangle a shot because at least he's marketable. No. I hate hate bringing him up, but at at least give him a shot because at least he can, at least he's a personality. Not just, not just you know, the blandness of like here's the highlights, and then it just shows like the same pass four times. I mean, yeah, but Skip Bayless is a person. All they all they do is give Linda Cohn in the crease. Linda Cohn's awesome. I love Linda Cohn. Like 
put her out there. She she is direct. She's frank. She's funny. She knows the damn game. There you go. You know, like, and, and, and she's a woman. Like, give it, you know, so you could be, like, pro, you know, a feminism or you're pro, you know, moving forward in life. Everything doesn't have to be a guy's job. And she's fucking, I'm sorry, she's better than every guy. Like, well, she certainly deserves honest, her. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I yeah. mean, they give her, they give Linda Coney uh, in the crease on uh, the night she gets off. It's Ardo O'Cal. Who, what, what name is that? Dude, you're on TV. Change your name. Like, like, <laughs> I'm like, and he's like, he's okay at like, here are the highlights, but like, nobody knows who this guy is. Nobody cares. He's not, you know, into the hockey. It doesn't seem like he is. I don't know who he is. Like, I haven't seen him for 20 years already covering hockey like Linda Cohn. Like, well, like I said. We could we could do so much better of a job of promoting the league than the league can. So hey, uh, I have employment opportunities are available. ESPN, That's give right. me a call. That's Hire right. us. Exactly. We'll be Hire us. ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. Again, this has been a lot of fun. We got a lot to talk about again next week. So let the good times roll. But in the meantime, for Ed Stefaniak, for Chris Bazzotti, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for watching and listening. And we will see you next time on Marty's Illegal Stick. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History, Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.